0: Discretion is advised. This is the cul-de-sac insomniac, and I'm Ophelia. And I'm Tori, and we're going to keep you up all night. Hi Ophelia, how are you today? I'm doing okay. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. We just recorded or not recorded. (laughs) We've we've been talking for hours, and and zero percent of it was a podcast. We're not recording, so hey, no. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo!
1: Yes. (laughs) It's pretty much how it goes every week, though. Let's be real. So, what's going on in the world today? Got anything for me? I do have something for you. So, I don't know if you've ever heard. Of Rodney Alcala, the dating game killer. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Um, bad bad guy, serial killer mm-hmm. who was on the show, The Dating Game. Yeah, we hate in him. In the middle of killing a bunch of people, he died yesterday. Yay! In prison. So good. I'm glad. I don't love it when people die, but when no, I shitty shitty serial killers die, that makes me happy. No, now some people That's good.
0: some people need to be unalive yeah, yeah. and, and it's like okay. there are
1: some things where like like when Sam Little died it's shitty because there are probably more people he could have identified as his victims but yeah Brittany Alcala has been in prison like since 1979 he clearly wasn't giving anything else up so
0: oh I'm disappointed that he lasted this long
1: yeah me too I would have liked it if he died sooner as well but can't always get what you want you know nope so yeah that's uh that's pretty exciting news I have for you
0: Not much going on in the world. Bezos went to space in his cock rocket. Yes. But... uh, He certainly did. I'm trying not to get on his bad side because...
1: He has a cock rocket?
0: We depend on Amazon Web Services (laughs) and he has all my future stuff. So...
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I wish that we could just focus on some of the stuff happening around here.
0: I don't... I mean... I sort of like the idea of getting into space travel, but I feel like when you have multiple billions of dollars, mm-hmm. you can kind of do both. Yeah. It you have like enough because a you can't spend all that money. You could do, Mm-mm. I mean, his wife is out there just giving she her money. She is my favorite away. person in the whole world. <laughs> I love her
1: so much that she's just like, well, fuck you. I'm going to take as much of your money as possible and I'm going to give it all away. You're yeah. all
0: welcome. And I'm going to make wonderful. sure I do it. And it gets talked about on the day you go to space in your cock
1: rocket. Oh, oh, did someone overshadow you with your phallic rocket? (laughs) Oh, I'm so sad for you. Yeah. No, I love that. She's amazing. But But I
0: I do do sort of think we need these private companies competing to go into space and to create the things because eventually... Yeah. It's it's the next frontier. That I that wish, in the ocean.
1: I wish they were competing to like solve climate change and like solve all these other right. things. Like and use, then we can go to
0: space. Use the technology and, and maybe right. maybe going to space is something we're gonna have to do to get people off this rock, but we would need a really, really significant advance in our understanding of yeah. how things work. To, it, it's possible. We're never going to get out of the solar system, right? Right, but but we might, and and so mm-hmm. if we're ever going to travel in space and get anyplace else and colonize somewhere else, because you know that's what we do, colonization. It's such a good thing, but oh, yeah. Um, but if we're ever going to spread out and, and get anywhere other than where we are, right? We have to have these kinds of things. But I I just feel like, you know, and these people can do this and also do other things right yeah I think there's that, a lot of money and there's there's yeah. enough to go around it doesn't go around and that's, that's the, the problem. problem yeah and I don't want to get on a whole big socio-political rant but that's never happened before. Yeah, I mean, it happens every <laughs> time. We, usually we keep it to the pre-podcast, but that's just my kind of But you really just wanted to say Cockrocket. But I wanted so to. So here most, we are. Mostly I just wanted to say Cockrocket, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I didn't even no make No one up. can blame you for that. And I was devastated when I read it on Twitter, and I wasn't the person who thought of it. So, Frankly,
1: yeah, as you should have been. Yeah. It's pretty disappointing that you didn't come up I'll with it i I'll never first. be the
0: first one who said that. No. And that's a shame. Sadly, you won't. That's the way it is sometimes, you know? That is the way it is sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So, what's your topic today? Oh,
1: boy. Okay. I have a very, I think, interesting story for you today. Super upbeat? Hmm? Oh, well, like, you know my topics. Everybody's yeah. happy the whole time. Yeah. There's never a bad thing that happens to anybody. Woo-hoo, I love it. Or several people, as the case may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I actually, I found this story on Reddit the other day. Somebody had, like, a whole long write-up oh. that I thought was super interesting. Um, You've joined
0: me on the dark side.
1: It's There's so many interest I was on um, the subreddit Unresolved Mysteries, which has just, like, so much information there. Yeah. Um, and like sometimes people include sources and sometimes they don't. But this time the person did include sources, um, and there was a whole there was like a four part article on this one specific company that was in the Indianapolis Star, um, as well as some information from the Republic, uh, a bunch of information from the Find a Grave website, um, and like I said, I also read the original write up on Unresolved Mysteries subreddit, and the user was the Bones of Autumn. So
0: I don't even care if they put sources on Reddit. If it's on Reddit, I believe <laughs> therefore you. it is true. I believe- Well, yeah, I feel like
1: your stories, it's mostly like firsthand accounts from Reddit, which like what other
0: sources they're going to be except
1: for I saw it with my eyes. I don't care if
0: they're making it up. I I really don't. Give me the stories. I believe you.
1: Okay. So, yeah, like I said, I thought this was a pretty interesting story. Um, So today we're heading to the city of Seymour, Indiana. Which is a pretty small city. It has fewer than twenty thousand residents, um, and it's most known for being the birthplace of John Mellencamp. Mm. If that's something you care about, I kind of do. Really? Like well, him? I, I it's fine. don't know anything about him except for the fact that he was born in Seymour, Indiana. That's it. That's all the it's information I have. A couple of have. good songs. All right, I believe you. But Seymour is also the home to Roseacre Farms, which is the second largest producer of eggs in the United States. So pretty big. This is. I also like eggs. I like eggs too. Yeah. So, in the summer of 19. What, you don't like that we like eggs, Courtney?
0: Oh, I just had a thought, John Mellon egg. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, Lord. Sorry. <laughs> this is a rough one. Yeah. <laughs> In the summer of 1973, Teresa Osborne was 18 years old and she'd just graduated from Crothersville High School. She planned on attending Ball State University in the fall and was dating her high school sweetheart, Danny Toppy. Her friends and family said that the two were very much in love. After she graduated from high school, she started working at Roseacre Farms as a secretary in the accounts receivable department. Apparently, she was very well-liked by the company's president, a man named David Rust, and he'd actually gone so far as to offer her $200 per week to stay working at Roseacre Farms instead of going to school, which is, like, kind of weird in my mm-hmm. personal opinion. Um, she declined his offer, but he persisted, and he actually offered to pay for her schooling entirely, but she said no to that, too, which, mm-hmm. like, this seems kind of weird, kind of mm-hmm. red flat. Like, I don't, yeah. that situation just seems a little bit funky, but I don't know. Odd. I think, yeah, it just seems weird to me. On August 20th, Teresa went to the Cake Box Bakery to pick up a cake and ice cream for a management meeting that evening at Roseacre Farms. She got there around 5 30 p.m., picked up the cake, and left. The next morning, Teresa's mother went into her room to wake her up, but found that Teresa wasn't there, and her bed was actually still made from the day before. Hmm. She called Roseacre Farms to see if they knew where Teresa was, and they said that she'd never actually returned back to the office after heading out to the bakery which you would have thought that they would have Someone called her have house. Someone would said something? Yeah, I'd be like, where is Teresa with the cake? Did
0: Teresa go home?
1: Yeah, like, yeah. we said, can you go pick up the cake? And she said, sure, and never came back. That seems a little bit weird oh, well. to me. Oh, well. Anyway, let's just have this meeting and move on, I guess, which seems odd. But Teresa's parents called the police immediately since, was, since this was very out of character for their daughter. She'd been an A student and everyone identif- identified her as being a good girl who wouldn't just run off like this. For 10 days, police searched everywhere in the vicinity for Teresa. Finally, on August 31st, 1973, two conservation officers discovered a white 1967 Ford, the same car that Teresa drove, in a heavily wooded area of Muscatatic National Wildlife Refuge. The car was badly burned. When the police arrived, they opened the truck and discovered the worst, Teresa's body burned beyond recognition. Mm. Central records confirmed her identity, but because of the state of her body, no cause of death could be determined. A reward of three thousand dollars was offered to anyone with information that could catch Teresa's murderer. And though the police received a lot of tips, none of them ended up amounting to anything. Teresa's boyfriend Danny Toppy had a solid alibi and was ruled out as a suspect pretty much immediately. Mm-hmm. Police suspected one Roseacre Farms employee, a man described as an unstable migrant worker who was from West Virginia. He'd apparently shown an unusual fascination with the case, but he took a polygraph test and he passed it. So they don't think it was that anything. doesn't necessarily mean anything. Yeah, that's po- polygraph tests are a weird thing because police do them all the time, but you can't use them in court. Yeah. like it's a really strange thing that we still do. That do- I don't know if it makes a lot of sense to be doing it all the time, but you know. It could mean something, it could mean nothing, and it's hard for us to know. Another unnamed employee of Roseacre Farms was also suspected. He apparently refused to be interviewed by police and declined the offer to take a polygraph test to clear his name. One source says that this employee was a good friend of David Russ, the company's president. So I don't know why, like, it feels weird to me that the company are like, this guy seems suspicious. And he's suspicious, and he's like, I'm not. And they just move on. (laughs) He's like, I didn't do it. Which I guess, like, if they don't have any hard evidence, like, they can't force him to come in Uh and do a polygraph test or be interviewed or whatever. But it all seems kind of weird. Teresa's family, when interviewed almost 20 years after her murder, said they were tired of waiting for justice. They said, Everybody knows everybody around here, and that's a big problem. That's why no one will talk. Everybody is afraid. So I think that, like, because so many of these people work at this one place, everybody kind of knows everything about everybody else. So you know, a hard situation. They hope that a new investigator, one not so close to the town and its politics, would be brought on to try and solve the case, but it doesn't seem like that ever happened. Teresa's murder is still unsolved to this day, but she wasn't the only Roseacre Farms employee to die in a suspicious way.
0: Oh. Yeah. I'm going to say right here, and by the way if you are new to the podcast Tori doesn't tell me her topics I don't tell her mine so I'm 100% guessing here but I think it's that David Russ who owned the place and the reason his friend didn't want to talk is because he either helped him or knew about it and knew that he would fail and reveal What I'm putting it out there no idea I don't know anything about it it's the first time I'm hearing thank it thank you I'm very much for out. putting
1: that out there I really appreciate it but like I said her, her murder is still unsolved mm. even now but four years later, in 1977, a man named Mike Reese was working at Roseacre Farms. He was 20 years old and had been working there for about four years. He was among David Russ's trusted right-hand men, although no one at the company or even in Mike's family knew exactly what it was that his job was. Hmm. He was just there mm-hmm. working and his family was like, yeah, we don't know what. I wonder. He was just working there. Yeah, which seems odd. According to Mike's mother, Opal Hardesty, David would call Mike at all hours and Mike would get out of bed or leave wherever he was to go and help his boss. This was even true in some illegal matters. So in the late 1970s, David Rust was obsessed with growing Rose acre farms. Neighbors of the property he wanted to buy, though, were adamant that they didn't want a smelly chicken farm abutting their properties, which like, yeah. This, mm-hmm. He wanted like hundreds of thousands of chickens. Doesn't seem the nicest place to live right next door to.
0: I grew up across my pig farm, I'm telling you.
1: Oh yeah. In the
0: summer, uh uh-huh, oh, it's not good.
1: That doesn't sound great, I'm not jealous of that. The new facility, just a few miles west of Seymour, was to be located in Cortland and called Court Acres. Neighbors did try to buy the land, but Rust outbid them because this was really what he wanted to do. One resident, named Herbert Hone, refused to support David Rust. So David called up Mike Reese and one other employee and they went to the Hone house. The three pushed their way inside, had breakfast in Hone's kitchen, even though that's not what he wanted them to do, and they refused to leave. Ultimately, Hone had to have them arrested. Mike and his coworker posted their $1,000 bail pretty quickly, but David Rust stayed there in jail in protest, which I don't know what, like, you sitting in jail is
0: protesting <laughs> exactly, oh. Oh, okay, I'm gonna stay in jail to protest you putting me in jail. Okay, because jail is where we wanted you. So right, we put we uh, put you there. Yeah, did you not? Were you not there for that part? Did you not get? Did you miss that? That that that's what we're doing. No. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay.
1: So yeah, I can't say I fully understand that <laughs> move personally, but you know, whatever. Ultimately, though, David Rust won, and Court Acres was built,
0: home to two million hens, Ugh. which is. So just obscene no, to me 1,999,990 more hens than, <laughs> than I ever want to be around. around
1: yeah absolutely neighbors of the facility say that they didn't open their windows or go outside since it was completed so they must have been pretty upset about this this uh. sounds pretty shitty frankly yeah during this controversy, David Rust also offered a $25,000 bonus to the employee who posted the most signs in support of Roseacre Farms. Mike Reese was the winner, but David didn't pay out right away. He gave him a card saying he was going to pay, and then he told Mike to open a certain savings account and that David Rust would put in the money every single week until he had completed the payments for $25,000. But when Mike started to try to use the money in the account, he began having some problems. He wrote checks for a down payment on a piece of property. Um, he wrote a check for a truck and for a tractor, but the checks didn't clear and Mike was arrested. He was charged with fraud by three separate banks. Yeah, not good. At the same time as all of this, Mike had given some information to police regarding a drug case involving other Rose Farms employees, but later it was determined that this information didn't pan out. So I'm not really sure what happened there. Then on October 14th, 1977, at about 1.30 in the morning, Reese was driving the truck that he'd just purchased near Butlerville. He apparently lost control of the vehicle, flew off the road and hit a tree about 12 feet off of the road. He narrowly missed a house with his truck somehow. So apparently when the car hit, it caught on fire because his body was burned beyond recognition, Hmm. just like Teresa's had been. What was kind of weird though, is that the source of the fire was discovered to be inside the cab, not in the engine, which is really weird. And they also said that the gas tank didn't explode, which they would have expected it to in this kind of a situation. Apparently the truck was thoroughly checked for signs of tampering. I think because they were obviously making this connection between Mike's death and Teresa's death just a few years earlier, but they didn't find any signs of tampering at all.
0: I wonder if they could tell if he had smoke in his lungs. Like if I don't, he had yeah, died first or if someone if he was dead and someone Yeah, you know, pushed the truck in and
1: Right. So. Yeah. One of the one of the investigators said like this would have been a really, really risky thing for somebody to like try to, you know, steer the truck off the road and jump out or whatever. Like this, I don't know how they would have mm-hmm. physically done it. I don't know. Um But they said what they believe happened is that Mike fell asleep at the wheel of his truck and he was trapped in it when the crash caused the truck to ignite. And he didn't have any drugs or alcohol in his system, so he would have literally just fallen asleep, I guess. And ultimately, Mike's death was ruled an accident, but his family still believes that foul play was involved, which it definitely does seem yeah. suspicious that, like, it could be a coincidence that all of these other things are happening in his life at the same time, and then this happens. Um, but it seems I weird.
0: mean, dying in a fire in your car... It, is
1: similar to yeah. somebody else. Yeah. It's really, really strange. Six years later, in 1983, another Roseacre Farms employee would die. Carrie Croucher worked at Roseacre Farms in the secretarial pool, just like Teresa Osborne had. On November 12, 1983, she attended a management meeting that didn't get out until very late. Her husband, David Croucher, who was in bed at the time, said he heard her car pull into the driveway between about 10.30 p.m. and 11.00 p.m., but when he didn't hear her enter the house, he got worried. He tried to find his wife, and when he couldn't, he called his parents to help. The three searched together and David's father found Carrie lying in a grove of trees near a golf course not far from their house. She'd been strangled and ultimately she passed away at the hospital. Yeah. David, of course, David Croucher was immediately suspected but he passed four lie detector tests which obviously we said before like doesn't necessarily mean anything but passing four of them, you know, it may mean something. The police continue to suspect him though for these reasons. He didn't have an alibi since he was home alone when he heard Carrie's car pull up. Rather than calling the police when he couldn't find his wife, he called his parents. His father was the one to discover Carrie. He was going to collect $40,000 of life insurance, and within five days of Carrie's death, he had his parents remove all of her belongings from their house. Which, I will admit, some of that sounds pretty suspicious. Mm. But, I mean, like, removing her belongings, I would say that's probably not what most people would do. But I think that people grieve in, like, so many different ways that it's hard to say, like, oh, well, you're not grieving, right? Therefore, you're a murderer. You know what I mean? I think it's kind of a tough, tough call to make. After a two-year-long investigation, which resulted in no evidence that David had been the one to kill his wife, the case went to trial. David's defense suggested that Carrie had been killed because she discovered irregularities in the company's finances. She had apparently told her husband a week before her death that she had discovered some discrepancies in the financials and feared that there would be some cash shortfalls in the company. The police didn't find any issues in the books when they investigated it. Mm -hmm. The police questioned one man who worked for Roseacre Farms in the division where Carrie had found the discrepancies. He was drunk the night of the murder and had gone to visit Carrie in the hospital and apparently seemed like overly upset by the situation they apparently also questioned dozens of employees at Rose Laker Farms, including everyone who'd been at the management meeting with Carrie that night. They also brought up that many of the facts in Carrie's death were similar to the still unsolved murder of Teresa Osborne. Both women were young and were doing the same job at Rose Laker Farms, and they were both murdered on the night of that management meeting because that's where Teresa had been going to with yeah. the cake. She just never made it there, and Carrie just didn't make it home police had also questioned the man who'd been a suspect in teresa osborne's murder but didn't learn any more information because i mean he didn't say anything about teresa like he wouldn't even come and be interviewed so not really surprising that they didn't get anything out of him once the family started looking into the possible connection of Roseacre farms and carrie's death they began getting harassed the family claims that they'd been followed received threatening letters and phone calls and their fence was actually even set on fire Hmm. yeah they like fire they do really like fire which is very strange Carrie Croucher's death is still unsolved just like Teresa Osborne's death that frustrates me so much isn't it really really frustrating yeah Mike Reese's family still doesn't think that his death was an accident which I'm not sure about that either yeah and it's totally possible that these three events are completely unconnected or maybe some of them are connected some of them aren't connected it does seem like there's Something weird going on with Roseacre Farms. Like, I mean, it's a town
0: where everybody knows everybody. It's not that big. It probably doesn't have a lot of crime. And three employees from the same place in what a ten-year period? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a little. And all people who had access to know things Mm -hmm. about that Mm -hmm. owner.
1: Yeah, yeah. And like with the stuff about the financials, one of the people on Reddit said like it's actually really easy to cook the books. Like even today, it's pretty easy to do. Uh, If you don't know what you're looking for, you probably won't find it. And especially
0: in the 70s and 80s. I've been in finance for 30 years now. And because of Enron and Arthur Anderson and all those things that the scandals that happened in the wake of Mm -hmm. 9-11, we, the people working in the gray cubes, have all sorts of new rules we have to follow and things we have to document and all that. But the person in the gray cube is not cooking the books. Right, exactly. So what exactly. we're documenting is only as good as the information we're getting. So right. it's it's almost as if politicians came up with a system that made it look like hmm. they were doing something about it but doesn't actually do anything Shocking. about the actual right. problem. Yeah. But it puts on a good show.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the the guy on Reddit basically said, like, you would just have two sets of books. Like, yeah. one of them for the banks and one of them for the investors and another one for taxes. And yeah. that was totally, like, all, borderline normal because yeah. that's how it was done, which is so frustrating that, like, if Carrie did actually find something, mm-hmm. you know, that it would be very easy for them to essentially cover it up. All three families say that they rarely discuss the deaths of their loved ones, and when they do, it's only within their own families. They feel that they could jeopardize their own safety if they were to talk about it publicly. Opal Hardesty, my Reese's mother, said, you don't know who to trust. You don't know who's out there. Mm. And that's the story of the deaths of three employees of Rose Acres huh. Farms.
0: Well, I'm standing by my original statement, which doesn't seem that clever now that we have all the information. (laughs) It seems pretty clear.
1: Yeah. So he passed away, I think, in 2004. Of
0: course he did. So
1: if he was somehow involved or somebody within his company was involved, I don't know that we're ever going to find out the truth.
0: Now, I don't know if he was doing it, but he almost sounds like a small town mob boss, like sending someone to do it.
1: It's real, it's really, really, but it seemed like he was close with mygreet, like I don't know. he wanted Teresa to stay at his company,
0: but the but narcissists mm. do that. They use true. people who are useful, and when they're not useful anymore or they're a problem, they yeah. get rid of them most of the time, not that drastically, uh, permanently. But that's what narcissists yeah. do. That's true, that's true, and this guy wanted to build his. Farm, And Mm -hmm. it didn't matter what anyone around him thought. It didn't matter if he was ruining the property values and the life quality Mm -hmm. of anyone around him. Right. And again, once again, I'm not any sort of professional. Mm -hmm. I can't diagnose, but I mean, I've been alive in the world and I've run across these types of people and they kind of have a template. Yep. And so if that's the case and he's that kind of person and a lot of times people successful in business are mm-hmm. because nothing stop considerations for others or right it, it doesn't stop them right Yeah I'm obviously not saying everyone, but it, you yeah. know what I mean it's like yeah. a, a pattern of, of it's like a personality type right. and yeah yeah, yeah I he... could see it. I could see that that yeah. someone could and also with psychopaths and sociopaths, mm. Again, if that's the case with this guy or whoever right. was doing it, right. they can be very charming. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they can come off as very personable. And yeah. and I never trust the person who seems too <laughs> nice, too good to be true. That's because it is. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess he had, I don't remember what the year was, but he had a goal of having 10 million hens by a certain period of his life. And he beat that goal by 10 years. So... Yeah. He also, at a certain point in his life, decided that he wanted more kids and more chickens. So he divorced his wife and married somebody like 30 years younger a than younger him. A younger hen. I married a younger hen <laughs> and had five more kids. So, uh, Yeah. Yeah. A crazy story, I think. But yeah, that it was that. Per- I wasn't sure if like that person on Reddit was the one who like came up with this theory. But there was this like big long four-part series on Ro- Rose Acres Farms in the Indianapolis Star in I think 1991, and the very last part was about these three families and kind of what they had all gone through. It's really interesting.
0: Well, we don't like him. No, whatever's I mean, going even on over if there. He's not the one who did all of that stuff? Which I sort of feel like he either did or. Or wanted it done, right. but I still don't like his whole way he went about mm, yeah. stuff. So, yeah. Yep. Well, Tori, that was the sad story. I'm really sorry. Do you have anything happy for me? Um, I don't know if it's happy. It's okay. a little creepy, but it's not the worst. It's All right. just kind of, it, it's not as bad. Okay. As the, good I'll take it. It's not haunted car bad.
1: Oh, okay. Good. As
0: long as yeah. it's not haunted
1: car bad, then I'll
0: take it. Yeah. So, oh, before we get going, I wanted to make an announcement at the top of the show and yes. I didn't do it. So, we're on our summer schedule. We're we're putting out episodes weekly, but we are going back to the bi-weekly schedule beginning the first week in September because yes. then our Awesome editor and superstar over here. It's going back to school. Mm-hmm. And apparently, she only has so much, so many hours in a day. And I know. Um, yeah, I don't know. For what we're paying her, she doesn't want to work 24-7 because <laughs> what we're paying her is zero. Zero dollars. Zero, yeah. zero percent. Some, some butter chicken. Zero or... point zero, but well, food. Right. Food, but then zero dollars. Right. Right. So. We're going to go back to our mm-hmm. bi-weekly schedule. So we're going to stay weekly through August. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to bi-weekly in the first week in September. So we just want to let you know yes, that that's yeah, up. we're not dropping off the map. We're just going to kind of take it down a little because we want to keep our level of quality. Mm-hmm. And we also want to keep our niece not having a nervous breakdown. Yes. And we're big fans of that. Yeah, we're big fans of that. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's what's happening in September. Yes. Thanks, guys. All, all right. right. So, my topic is mermaids. <gasps> Ooh, that's very cool. Yeah. So, uh, I guess people see them all the time. So, my sources, I'll get those out of the way right away folklorethursday.com, blog finfunmermaid.com <laughs> <laughs> Orkneyjar.com Well sure of course (laughs) Paranormalauthority.com Everythingmermaid.com And they have a map of mermaid sightings And you can add your own if you've seen one (sighs) I love when you
1: have maps For me to click on and get freaked out by
0: I had trouble bringing it up So I don't know if you're going to click on it and get the map When I clicked on it it just said Where's your mermaid sighting But you know my internet is not great here So you, you might be able to get it and soulask.com. Mm-hmm. Mermaids have been an indelible part of human lore since the days of ancient Mesopotamia. That Ooh. is when the first so-called supposed sightings of them have come. Mermaid sightings have been reported by such notables as Pliny the Elder, Christopher Columbus, and Captain John Smith of Pocahontas fame, who oh. claimed to have seen one off the coast of Massachusetts.
1: Oh, it's we're
0: in Massachusetts. The ocean. It seems kind of chilly for a mermaid, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Mermaids and mermen known collectively as merfolk have been known throughout history by a variety of names such as nereids, oceanids, sirens, or water nymphs. Not all mermaid sightings are a thing of the distant past, however, in the past hundred years, there have been a number of reports of mermaids all over the world. Conventional wisdom has it that in reality, people are mistaking manatees for mermaids, but I don't know how drunk you'd have to be to mistake a manatee for a beautiful woman with a fishtail.
1: I see, I have seen though, the images of like the underside of a manatee, it straight up looks like legs. It's really? creepy. Really? That is
0: creepy. Yeah, because. But I don't know if manatees are in these other places, like yeah, Mesopotamians. I, I don't know. I don't know about their that. Range. But I
1: will say, I did see one time a video of a manatee, like, coming up out of the water, and it looked straight up like knees. Because all vertebrates have the exact same bone structure. So it looked. Their legs in there is real creepy. That is creepy. It was very weird. I didn't enjoy looking at it which again i don't think like i've seen manatees in florida i don't think we have manatees up here as far as i know i think yeah
0: and i don't this other like pl- would Pliny the elder see a manatee i don't know i can't I imagine ranges i can't imagine them being there but that doesn't I mean, mean what's it. their range like florida i probably should have looked that up <laughs> but i want mermaids to be real so i didn't well yeah
1: yeah so. for sure
0: because I'm not going in the ocean, so mm-hmm. that can be real. Although, although supposedly they can come up and walk on land. So what? Maybe I've met a mermaid. Are you for real? I mean, that's the that's uh, the, that's the the mythology. I'm scared of that. I don't know if that's really true. I mean, I don't know if anything on the... I, I don't know any of the stuff I talk about is true, but hey. Here are some of the most well-known mermaid sightings in the last 70 years. 1943, the Key Islands. In 1943, Japanese soldiers stationed on the Key Islands in Indonesia reported multiple encounters with mermaids. Locals called these creatures Orang Ikan in Malay, meaning human fish. After numerous sightings of these creatures by his soldiers while they were on patrol, Sergeant Tara Horiba instructed the villagers to bring him any Orang Ikan that were captured. When the villagers did finally bring one to him, Horiba couldn't believe what he saw. It was roughly four foot, nine inches tall, Pinkish skin, human-looking face and limbs, spikes along its head, and a mouth like a carp. Horiba tried to get the scientific community interested in his find, but nothing ever came of it. Imagine being in the middle of a world war and having to worry about mermaids too. Yeah, that's just too much. <laughs> 1967 british columbia canada a group of tourists on a ferry in canada reported this sighting they claimed to see a mermaid with silvery blonde hair she was eating a salmon and seemed to enjoy the waves crashing over her tail
1: oh good for her yeah (laughs) she's just having a picnic she's just chilling
0: the local city offered a $25,000 reward for the mermaid but no one came forward there were some who saw the mermaid and swore she was real but others thought it was a hoax what do you think I think I want people to bring their cameras everywhere and start filming this stuff. I not right take a picture of the mermaid, please. Exactly. August 1991, South Africa. About 30% of the remains of an unknown human-like creature were found in the belly of a dead great white shark in Southern Africa. What the fuck? When the body was examined, it was found to have hands, a human-like skull, and a skeletal structure consistent with having a tail and fins. 1998, Kaiwi. Po- kaiwi point hawaii Mm. i'm sorry if i butcher any of these names i probably did sightings of mermaids and kaiwi point hawaii have been reported for more than 50 years In 1998, Jeff Liker, a diver who operates the Jack's Diving Locker off Coyote Point, claimed that he was in the water and heard nearly a dozen people in the boat screaming and pointing. Looking over, he saw a strange woman swimming. He saw her leap into the air and discovered the lower half of her body was that of a fish. Oh my god. Later, while taking photos of underwater life, he felt the water moving above him and looked up to see the mermaid swimming by. He supposedly took pictures of the mermaid for proof. And there is a link on this website where you can go see the photos he took as proof, but when I clicked on it I got a four oh four error. So I don't no! know if they were there at some
1: point. I wanna see those photos so bad. I do too. Oh that's so frustrating.
0: And I'm sorry if you can hear my dog bark. I'm, I'm just powering through. She's just going to bark. I, I locked her away, and she just... She doesn't care. She just doesn't want to be locked away, so I apologize. 2008, South Africa. South Africa is one of many countries that has its own mermaid tales. In this region, mermaids are called Kayaman. And they're not friendly in the least bit. A recent encounter in 2008 went on to allegedly prove their nasty reputation, which there's a lot of ancient stories about mermaids, and some of them are very nasty.
1: Yeah, I can believe it. It's cold down there.
0: Yeah. A small group of friends were hanging out together when they heard some loud banging noises coming from a nearby river. When they investigated, they saw a woman with translucent white skin, black hair, and glowing red eyes. Ew. Yeah. I don't want that. One of the women nearby went to investigate. Okay, why? Stop doing that. (laughs) Only to hear the strange creature let out a long, sad wail. The Kaiman then dove back into the water, never to be seen again. According to legends, this mermaid enjoys luring people to their underwater depths using mirages. It seems that the people who saw her foiled her plans of eating that night, since they saw what she truly looked like. It's kind of like sirens. Yeah, in ancient definitely. history. Well, that's yeah. one of the names that people right. have called them yeah.
1: by. Kangaroos will also do that too, though.
0: What lure you to your death? Di- yeah, yeah,
1: because yeah, they can drown you. Oh, you don't want to fucking... tangle
0: with a kangaroo. No. I know. Mean, I know we have they this image that up. they're so cute, but this guy, you do not want to be punched by they're a kangaroo. They're scary, dude. Yeah, no. Terrifying. No, we don't have kangaroos here. Mm-mm. No. Although people are probably importing them, you know, side tangent, Mm -hmm. there are more tigers as pets, as domestic pets in Texas than there are still in the wild.
1: That's the worst thing I've ever heard.
0: There's 5,000 pets, not just like in zoos, pets in private homes, 5,000 tigers in Texas, and there are 3,900 left in the wild.
1: That's really, really upsetting. That's so fucked up. I know we talk about like way more act like human pe- being humans being murdered, but like
0: ugh. the side tangent human stories are worse than anything I come up with. this part. yeah, that's so true. Oh. Probably because I know that stuff's real, and this stuff yeah. I'm like, is it? Isn't it? We don't really know. Right. But, like that. The we tiger know. thing. That's yeah. What you do that's in Texas information. What do you do in Texas? Be in Texas. Just. Depressing. Settle down down there. I know it's hot, but. For real? 2009, Israel. In 2009, about a dozen people in Kiryat Yam, Israel, claimed to see a mermaid frolicking in the waves oh. near the shore. This was not a one-time event. There were several mermaid sightings over the course of a few months. The Israeli government took notice and actually issued a $1 million reward for anyone that could capture real footage of the mermaid. No one ever turned in any evidence, but people are still on the lookout today. It's like that meme that goes around social media Quick, honey, a UFO, get the worst camera we have. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's like, I saw it, I saw it. Okay, well, literally, you're holding a camera. (laughs) All the time, yeah. 2012 Zimbabwe. Some mermaids just want to be left alone. Yeah, That's what I would want. I can appreciate that. This was the case of the Zimbabwe dam workers in 2012 who were trying to install a water pump, which was crucial to local agriculture. Local divers and workers were hired to see what was blocking the pump, and when they surfaced, vowed never to return, claiming to have seen a mermaid. Ooh. Just with her hand over the valve? I don't know. (laughs) Sam sapipa Nakomo, a water resource minister, told the Senate committee that the village chiefs could perform an ancient ritual to get rid of the mermaid and calm the workers' anxiety. They still refused to return even after the ritual was performed. Being skeptical of the workers' reasons for quitting, the government hired outside help as they thought this belief was cultural. But the new workers went down, saw the same thing, came up, refused to finish the repairs, walked off the job and were never seen, and they couldn't get Anybody. So it happened several times. Yeah. They would hire other people. They go down and they're like, you know, there's a mermaid down there. There's a fucking... No, I'm not... I'm out. I'm so I'm not paid out. Yeah. to deal with a mermaid. To this day, the dam is not finished. That's bonkers.
1: <laughs> that is bonkers. That's crazy. Because it's either like there's 42 dead bodies down there and they don't want to go down or like legit there's a mermaid, a mermaid flipping them off.
0: Yeah. Just smacking them with their tail and yeah. saying get like, the fuck get out of here. out of here. I Did don't... you not get the message from the last guys? They are so stupid up there. Just be glad I'm not killing you and eating you. Yeah. For real. Oh that's crazy. 2014 New Zealand. One of the most recent sightings of a mermaid didn't involve a living breathing being. Rather it involved the remains of one. In 2014, a group of men came upon what appeared to be the remains of a murder victim on South Island. On closer inspection, the victim wasn't entirely human. Photographs showed that the woman was very clearly half-fish and that her eyes were black. Police didn't know what to do with the unusual finding, so they handed the remains over to the University of Auckland. Even then, professors weren't able to come up with a good explanation of what they saw. Now, this final piece that i have i showed you i don't know if it's real i hear some people say yes it's real this guy is a doctor i it hear it looked
1: really real it
0: looked real some I hated people say it's a it. hoax and the problem is that it it was shown on animal planet and animal planet did do a hoax mermaid thing where they seen a mermaid but it was just some girls they hired to swim right. around like so that they were like, oh, it was docu-fiction, and, but it wasn't presented as that, and they got right. their cover blown. Um, so that's why I have trust issues now. Yeah. but this. And is... if you can't trust Animal Planet, <laughs> exactly. like, what the hell? Like, how does Animal Planet have an agenda? That's fucked up. I hate that. <laughs> so... 2013 footage, I mean, okay, I'm just going to circle back to that for one second. People just spend hours on the internet just watching cat videos. Yeah. Animal Planet, you don't have to do so much. We're right. watching. We're going to watch We're the animals. We're watching. Animal. Our pets just are watching. Just put a web- webcam in a zoo or in, out in the wild mm-hmm. or... On your dog and people are going to watch. That's true. You have to do this.
1: And like if you're doing a fake thing, that's fine. But don't act like it's like there's enough of that out there. Make sure people know it's right. That's like you're going to end up with like a war of the world situation. This is why no one
0: believes if anything or they way believe the wrong thing because people just can't differentiate now. Right. Exactly. Because we've been lied to. Right. By Animal Planet. By Animal Planet. Oh, jeez. Anywho, this is 2013 footage of a mermaid near Greenland. I have a YouTube link that I'm going to put up um, on the website. Some people claim it's a hoax. Some people claim that it's real, but I just want you to watch it and be terrified because it's truly terrifying. <laughs>
1: Either way, even it's, if it's fake, I'm scared as hell. It's like, still terrifying. It was it's so jarring. creepy. She, like, smacked her, or hit, I don't know. He, they smacked yeah. their hand on the glass of this, like, underwater yeah. ship thing, and they were l- like white the and creepy.
0: And then kind of peeked in. It's very, very quick. Yeah. But when they slow it down, it you aggressive. can see it, like, peek in and then swim off. And it, the upper body is humanoid, and, yeah. and, and the bottom is a fish. And the fish is is so scary. and the face is freaky yeah and if that's what mermaids look like this is not i don't want to deal with little mermaid sitch no at all nothing cute about that no scary so what do you think of mermaid story?
1: i think i'm gonna go and say the same thing i say every single week which is
0: cool not near me well i already don't go in the ocean because of sharks Mm. so but do sharks eat mermaids i don't know that one did apparently Right. I don't, see, I I like the
1: ocean. I don't go into the parts of the ocean that are deep enough for there to be a shark. Like and beyond sharks my ankles. don't really <laughs> sharks don't really bother people too too much. I'm not that worried about sharks. Yeah. Now I am worried about mermaids, so thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. That is terrible. You're welcome.
0: All right, guys. Well, I hope you were as terrified as we were. Yeah, I think you should really watch that video. Watch that roommate. video because whether that, or not it's real, it doesn't even matter. You'll it have will nightmares. Freak you, out. you will yeah. definitely have nightmares when you watch that video, and we will post that link. Yes. But we are going to be back next week because yes. we're finishing out our weekly summer schedule mm-hmm. through the end of August. If you like doing this to yourself and you want to be part of the conversation, join us on Facebook at Cul-de-Sac Insomniac, Twitter on cdsi pod instagram at cul-de-sac insomniac our website at cul-de-sac insomniac.com where we post our show notes and you can listen to our podcast if you have anything you'd like to tell us a paranormal story of your own or something you'd like us to research please send us an email at cul-de-sac insomniac at gmail.com and if you listen to us on apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating a nice review it makes us feel good and we'd love to hear from you And we can't wait to come back next week and do this all again. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye. i'm sorry i had a burp i don't know what that we're fucked up today (laughs) let's just start it laughing (laughs) oh my goodness the frog has traveled to my mouth
1: well i have to record a podcast courtney okay i can't keep this frog right now you're recording
0: it i'm the one with the zoom (laughs) recording